welcome everyone here tonight. Happy Father's Day to those that are fathers here. And we appreciate those who are jumping on Facebook Live. We're going to, of course, continue with Mind Brain Connection. This is number 151. It's been over three years, and uh, I keep getting more and more. So we're just going to flow with this. And what I want to talk about today is the Matthew 22 wedding feast. And what I want us to see is how that it allegorically, can you hear me? Maybe I didn't turn the mic on back here. Let me check. And this a little higher. All right. There we go. Maybe you have to turn us up just a hair. Richard. So what I want us to see is the allegorical reality. The allegorical reality of this wedding feast in Matthew chapter 22. And what I want us to see is that each of these characters that are depicted here, the king, the son, the servants, the guest, the remnant, and also the man that did not put on a wedding garment, is all happening in us. And let me just kind of back that up with scripture because someone might say, well, how are we the king? Well, we're the king because we rule in life. Yeah, yeah. As a man thinks in his heart, or a woman mm -hmm. thinks in his or her heart awareness, so is our experience. Mm -hmm. And Proverbs chapter 25, 2 talks about a thing being hidden, but it's the honor of kings mm -hmm. to search out a matter. So we are. He is the king of kings. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, you could say, what has objectively been done? Not just in a sense, for real, we can say, what has objectively been done? We're the ones that created subjectively. We co-created subjectively Amen. Amen. by the power of the spirit, not the energy of the flesh, but by the power of the spirit. Yep. So that puts us in the place of this king in Matthew chapter 22. We also are the son. Now, in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2, it tells us now we are the sons of God. Not tomorrow. Right. Now we are the sons Amen. of God. Amen. Now, here's one that people would argue with me concerning. There were servants here that were sent out mm -hmm. to bid people to the wedding feast. Mm -hmm. Servants represent us as well. Now, they would say, well, but we're not servants any longer. We're sons, but we're serving sons. Yes. Amen. See, and they were Amen. the ones that were sent out to bid people to the wedding. Mm -hmm. Some of the meanings of servant is humble. Yep. It's weight. Mm -hmm. It has to do with serving, and we serve one another. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think we so much serve God. He served us. Amen. And Amen. continually serves us on the inside of us. Right. But in a sense, there is a serving. There is a worship and there is a serving. Mm -hmm. Now, who are called but guests? Well, we're the guests. We've been called, and you're called. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that because that's at the end of this parable that we're going to be talking about. What about the remnant? Well, after these people gave up all of their excuses as to why they couldn't come, and it was all external excuses. It was about merchandise and farms and external things in their life. In other words, it was about the left-sided stuff. So then the remnant that was left 
What did they do? It says they rose up and they killed and they slew the servants that were sent to them to the, invite them to, to the marriage. Well, we kill the left side all the time and sometimes, wow. not kill so much, but we yield the left side. But what we do is many times when we don't draw from the Christ line, we kill the higher thoughts. That's what I meant to say. Wow. The servant son yeah. position. We kill those thoughts many times Amen. by not yielding. And then there was a man that came in there that had no wedding garment upon. Now, we know what the wedding garment is, and everyone was given a garment. And we'll talk about this more as we get through this and at the end of the parable. But these people that did not, and there was one man that was specifically pointed out that came into the wedding, and he was asked, how did you get here into the wedding without a wedding garment? What is the wedding garment? Well, Paul said, put on the mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. And it means in the Greek to slip into like you slip into a garment. So the garment would be the Christ mind once we slip into that Christ mind. That would be the garment. That is our wedding garment. That's our wedding garment. It's slipping in subjectively and experiencing subjectively who we have always been. Now, we can take this particular, and you can go to Matthew 22 if you're not there and follow along, because we're going to read about this particular parable that Jesus gave. And I could liken this to the five wise and the five foolish virgins. Because what did the five wise do? And this was concerning what? Adjoining a marriage. They could go into the marriage and participate in the marriage, and that's us participating in the union of the masculine and the feminine by us yielding the left-sided thoughts, us yielding to the right side, to the Christ mind. What are we doing? We are experiencing the objective union in marriage that we've always had. We're now, sub we're now subjectively experiencing it. Wow. And so that's what we want to look at here. So the five whys that could go in and experience it was because they participated with casting their energy to the right side. Yeah. The five foolish could not go in and subject, even though they were already one, they could not subjectively go in and experience the joining because they cast their energy to the left side. Yeah, yeah. And we know that the people that were out, the disciples that were out fishing, Jesus came upon them and asked them if they've caught any fish. And, of course, they said, no, we toiled all night. We haven't caught anything. Why? They were casting their energy to the left side. Mm -hmm. He said, cast your net to the right side. So when they cast their net or their energy to the right side, they caught 153. We know that adds up to be nine, which has to do with awareness and consciousness. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. They got no benefit out of casting their nets on the left side. Right. But they got, and fish represent wisdom, they got benefit when they cast their net to the right side. Amen. That's when they had a mother load of fish that represents tapping into the very wisdom of the Father or into the, the Christ mind Amen. of the right side. And listen, folks, we see this from cover to cover. Yes. We see it from cover to cover. And listen, I know that the gospel is seeing this and yielding. Yes, the gospel is the death of Jesus Christ. And, of course, we know that exposed all the lies of who we were. 
And we know that the gospel is the resurrection also that means the discovery of spiritual truth. Well, we are discovering some spiritual truth. Amen. And that spiritual truth as a result of what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection doesn't bring us that ability. We always had the ability, but it reveals the ability to Amen. us. It reveals Amen. that we have the Christ mind. It reveals the fact that we've always had the Christ mind. Yeah. Now, when I think about the five wise virgins tonight who cast their net to the right side, they not only had something going in their heart awareness that caused them to be able to experience the joining subjectively, but they also experienced something physically. There's no way that we can join the two together, the masculine and the feminine, and it not project outwardly into our physical anatomy and experience the chrism the oil, the anointing flowing from the sacral area up through the solar plexus, <clears throat> up to the pineal and the pituitary, resurrecting them or enlightening them and going to the right. And isn't today or is it Tuesday is the, the summer solstice. Mm -hmm. And it's the longest, right? Mm -hmm. It's the longest day. Yeah. December 21st is the shortest day because the sun goes into the heart of the earth three days and three nights. Well, Tuesday, I believe it is the 21st of June, is the summer solstice, and it's the longest day. And I love that when it stays light till yes. nearly 10 o'clock at night. We all yeah. love that, right? Yes. So, so these five wise experienced, I believe, because you cannot have the marriage, the joining, or the heart awareness subjectively without it projecting out into our physical body and experiencing the same anointing there as we experience as spirit, and soul, if you want to call it soul, and, and it is soul to some degree, as the two are joined together. You cannot experience it. We cannot experience it in our physical body. There's no way we cannot experience that in our physical body. If this is really happening, now, maybe it isn't happening to the degree that it's going to happen, but once it fully begins to take place in our pituitary and pineal are lit and are enveloped in this flow of the energy within our physical bodies, it's already there, mm -hmm. then we're going to experience changes within our physical body. Amen. You want to talk about it, and that's immortality. You Amen. want to talk about yeah. immortality. Hallelujah. That's immortality. That's something yep. we already have. Yep. And listen, religion does not want to acknowledge that, but we Amen. already have immortality. Amen. And when Paul talked about the yep. mortal putting on immortality, he was talking about the mortal thoughts putting on the immortal yep. thoughts. That's what he was talking about. Yep. And then it'll be projected out in our experience subjectively. Amen. And we will walk in that. Yeah. So this Amen. is what we're seeing in this parable. And if you'll look in verses 2 and 3, you'll see here in Matthew 22, verses 2 and 3, it talks about this certain king that sent forth his servants. What are servants? How are we servants? Well, we are serving sons. We serve. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's the purpose of life, to serve, mm -hmm. to be of service to people. He sent forth these servants to invite people to the wedding of his son. Now, I can say that, yes, we are the son. We are one with the son. But I can also say that our Christ mind on the right side is the son. Because it's the mind of Christ. It's the mind of the son, right? Jesus Christ. Now, jump on down, if you will, look at verse 5. But they, talking about who? Those that were invited. They made light of this invitation, and they went their ways, 
one to his farm. Notice the external things. They went to the left side. They cast their energy to the left side. One went to his farm. Another to his merchandise. So in other words, when we cast our energy to the left side, we're going to our farm. We're going to our merchandise. We're going to the natural things. Pure and simple. We're just, we're just casting our awareness to the left side. And those things become priority in our life. And so these that were invited could not, could not come. Now, this is what happened in the book of Genesis, chapter 3, to the woman. She cast her energy to what? The left side. The serpent was there that was tempting her and challenging her. And we know the serpent represents her flesh. Her flesh was looking at something that looked good, that would make her wise, that would be good to eat, if you will. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the left side. Mm -hmm. The tree of life, of course, is the right side. Mm -hmm. And so this fruit on this tree, and it wasn't literal fruit, but we teach it that way to make our point, but the fruit was good-looking to her. It looked good. It, she knew it was going to taste good. What was she looking with? She was looking with, yes, her eyes, but she was looking really with her five senses. Yeah. That's what she was looking yeah with her five senses. Oh, that looks good, and oh, that's going to taste good, and I'm going to be wise, I'm going to be just like God. In other words, they thought they could do something, become like God, when they already were in the image and after the likeness of God. Now, Jesus' resurrection, as I said, was to affect a conscious union. Not a union. Amen. Because we always had yep. oneness, and we, were, we never were separate. So Jesus' resurrection revealed the truth to our consciousness or our awareness. Mm -hmm. His death exposed the lies, as Colossians 1.21 says. We were alienated or separated. We were enemies of God. How could you ever be an enemy of God? Yeah. Yeah. You see? But it was in our mind, it says there in Colossians 1.21. So Jesus came. His resurrection was to affect, simply not to bring, but to affect a conscious union. That we always were one. Amen. Because his resurrection revealed the truth that was about us all along when we came here. And so we've been lied to, as Gerald and Kathy sing. We've been lied to. I'm not saying that we were lied to, you know, by religion purposely by people. I think they did the best they could do, just like yeah. our parents probably did the best they could do, yeah. most of them. But I don't, you know, I think that they were they had alternative motives for why they preached what they preached. But I think that they, you know, they probably, most of them, a high percentage of them, probably did the best they could do. Right. They didn't know any better. So we received that lie. Jesus exposed the lie. His resurrection revealed the truth. Now, if you notice in verse 4 here, it states here that those who were bidden to the wedding were to realize that all of the lower thoughts were already done away with. I say that again. Those that were invited to come to the wedding were to be brought to the place to where they realized that all of their, the veil was rent, folks. Yeah. In fact, go to, let's, I wasn't going to do this, but let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and let's read that. Hang on, though, to Matthew 22. And let's read 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 14, or at least let me quote it, and I want you to see it. Because the veil was rent at the death from top to bottom. Where was the veil? Upon our awareness. Yeah. It was yeah. upon our awareness. And so when you look here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 14, 
I think that's the verse that, that I want. It talks about the veil at the death of Jesus being done away. That's, listen, objectively, you have no veil. Objectively, the veil has been done away with. Right? And listen, subjectively now, it says that veil that was done away with must be taken away. Wow, yeah. It's being taken away. Yeah. So they're never, now listen, what Jesus did, he didn't necessarily take the veil, but he revealed to us that it was always done away with. Wow. There never was a veil. So in his death, he exposed the lies and showed us that we never had a veil. So in that sense, in our experience, he did away with it. And now we're the ones that subjectively have got to take it away. How are we going to take it away? As those thoughts begin to arise from the left side, yield them to the right side. Yield them to the Christ mind, and that's what his resurrection did. It's the discovery of spiritual truth, and it's in the right side, or it's in the Christ mind. Now, here's another thing that we can add to this is, in the book of Genesis, I think it's chapter 11, there's a story there about the Tower of Babel. And what it is pointing to is simply the different denominations. They tell us there's over 40,000 denominations. Can you imagine that? Why? Confusion by mixture. And they all came with their bricks to build a way, they thought, to heaven. Jesus said there's only one way, and it's turning within. So they were trying to do it externally. The Baptists had the blue bricks, and the Catholics had the red bricks, and, you know, the Pentecostals had their pink bricks or whatever. And so what are they trying to do? If you listen, what they're trying to do is get you to heaven Mm -hmm. when you're already there. Say that again. They're trying to get you to heaven. Mm Get you to a place just like Adam and the woman thought they could eat and they'd become like God when they already were. So religion is trying to get us to heaven when we're already there. We're seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus, the scripture says. And so this is what we have. We have bricks are what? Bricks in the scripture are man-made things. Whereas we're living stones, stones are God-made things. So in Genesis 11 here, they try to use man-made means to get to heaven, not realizing if they built upon the stones, they would come to the realization, hey, wait a minute, we already are seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. So what did they create? They created by that a bunch of confusion. And this is what Babylon means. It means confusion by mixture. Confusion by mixture. So we have been brought up in a whole lot of mixture. And there's been a lot of confused speech out there in religiosity because they simply do not understand. And if they don't understand, they can't speak properly. Right, right. They all have different colors of bricks. Yeah. Yes. You see. So we've got the white brick, or the white bricks, the white stones, right? I want the white stone that Revelation talks about. And we are that white stone. Amen. Not dealing with bricks. So in verse 5, back to Matthew 22, in verse 5 there, it states that there were some that were invited to this wedding, but they all went their own way, and it says they made light of it. Mm -hmm. Now let me say this about that. Religion makes light of what we're talking about. Right, exactly. Yep. Religion makes light, if you talk about the, and this is why the pineal, you look it up, pineal in the dictionary, it's a visage. It's something that has been thrown out and is of no importance to people. Mm -hmm. 
and especially religious people. They don't want anything to do with the pineal. They don't want anything to do with the energy fields. They don't want anything to do with the energy flowing, yet the energy in our solar plexus, just like the energy in the solar system, the sun coming down and so forth, spring, summer, and so forth, that energy, see, the sun is an energy. The sun is an energy. So when the scripture talks in Malachi about the sun of righteousness, and it's spelled S-U-N, that's specifically talking about the energy of the solar plexus flowing, and it brings what? It brings health, manifestation of health in your life. So in verse 5, where it says there that these that were invited made light of it. Why? Because they were too busy with the external things. Yep. Too busy with the wow. external things. This one had a farm, and this one had a store, possibly, or merchandise to sell, and this one had something. They were just too busy. And so as a result of their busyness, which busyness comes from the left side, mm -hmm. as a result of their busyness, they made light of it. They, made light. they didn't do as Jesus said and practice the single eye. Mm -hmm. They didn't realize the key of knowledge is going within. And not only did they hinder themselves from experiencing what we're talking about, but they hindered everyone around them. Yep. That's yep. what it says And yep. what is it, Luke chapter 11, verse 52. They wouldn't go in, and they would hinder those that wanted to go in. Right. They did not learn how to go into the prayer closet, which is not some literal closet, but within yourself, and shut right. off all of the appearances. Yep. They never learned to do that, never yep. learned to cast their energy to the right side. Yep. And we have many people today that have trouble with this, just as the disciples had a heck of a time staying awake when Jesus asked them to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane for just one little hour. Couldn't do it. They never learned the secret of meditation. Wow. Never learned the secret of turning all that time they'd been with Jesus, and they still had never learned it. And that's sad. Yeah. But listen, it's a picture of religiosity today. Yeah. Yep. Don't talk about going within. Don't talk about meditation. That'll open you up to demons and devils. And I'm telling you, that's the way the majority of religious people think today. Yep. Yep. And that's the one way that Jesus said there's one way to the heavenly experience in the heavenly realm, and that's turning within. Mm -hmm. No man comes unto the Father except by way of what? The I am. Well, where is the I am? It's not external to us. The I am is you and you and you and all of us. It's within us. Mm -hmm. It's that sweet place, that sweet spot within you and I, that once we tap into that and learn how to live from that, mm -hmm. our life will experience subjectively experiences that we have never experienced before. Amen. Amen. Now, notice what it says there in the next verse. It talks about verse 6, I think it is, the remnant. Yes, verse 6, which said... And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. So the remnant denotes these that were left once, you know, the rest that were invited would not go for it. They made light of it. So there was a remnant that was still left. And what did they do? They entreated the servants. In other words, they killed this message of the Christ mind, of, of yielding the left side to the right side. They killed that message. And they're still killing it today. Still killing it today. Don't want to hear anything about it. Wow. And so the ones, the remnant, the ones who were left that didn't make all the excuses that the first bunch did, Man. they killed, as verse 6 says, the servants or the part that would form within us, you and I, this joining in this marriage. They killed that mm -hmm. in their awareness, in their, in their teaching and in their preaching. Mm -hmm. In fact, they warned people against people like us. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh -huh. You know, they'll call us heretics and false teachers. and But you know what? I found out years ago that a heretic is one that has a sound opinion. <laughs> but it's not the opinion. Listen, it's, it's the glory. Glory means the view and opinion of the Father, of Spirit. Wow. You know, so call us heretics. You know, I'm a happy heretic. That's all Amen. I can say about it. Amen. I'm a happy heretic. Now, notice what it says in verse 9 then. Go ye, therefore, into the highways. In other words... The highways would represent those who have a desire to experience what we're talking about. Yeah. And the only part of us that really has a desire to experience this would be when we're flowing out of the Christ mind. We desire to experience that yeah. more and more. Yeah. Because it's yeah. the highways here or the higher thoughts. The more higher thoughts that you engage in, the more you're going to want to experience the depth of this. Wow. Yeah. Now, Yep. Paul the Apostle, Paul, let me say something about the highways. Now, a lot of people teach this as just belonging to the Jewish people. And we hear a lot these days how that we ought to be supporting Israel. And Israel is God's chosen people. And so therefore we should support them. Well, you won't fall, uh, find Paul the Apostle saying that whatsoever. In fact, the Apostle Paul in Romans 2, and I've said this before in verse 29, Shows us who the real Jew is. Exactly. Yep. And not only does he show us who the real Jew is, which is one that has had their heart circumcised, their heart awareness circumcised. And what does that mean? It means we yield it to the Christ mind so the flesh can be cut off. Yes. Right. See, right. We, that's, that's heart circumcision, yeah. according to Romans chapter Amen. 2, verse 29. And he said, it's these people who have heart circumcision whose praise is of God and not of man. Right. They're not looking to please man. Amen. You see? And when you take that further and you, you talk about the fact that, well, this is the Israelite people or they're uh, of Israel, what that is really telling us when you really understand that term Israel, I-S has to do with the right side, R-A has to do with the left side, E-L has to do with God, the Father. So when you're talking about just the word Israel, it's the masculine and the feminine being joined into this marriage through the power of God. That's what Amen. he's talking about. Amen. You can also look at the unpronounceable name of God, which is Y-H-V-H, which is yod He vav He. And again, you have the same thing because Y-H is the masculine, V-H is the feminine, and it's the joining of the two together. So the true Jew, as I said, are those who have had the circumcision of the heart. They've yielded the left side completely and totally to the right side, and the flesh has been cut off in their awareness, in their heart awareness. Now, look at verse 10. In verse 10, talking about the servants, it said, So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together as many as they found, both bad and good. And their wedding was furnished with guests. What is this saying here? It's simply saying that those that were invited, and I find this true today, you know, it's almost comical, but I find it true today, this wedding and joining and what we're teaching here is not based on whether a person is good or bad. Right, right, right. You right, know? Right. I mean, so I could say, I'm bad and I'm going to the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking my big bad self to the wedding. <laughs> right? Why? Because I'm taking those things that, you know, could cause a bad situation in my life and I'm yielding them to the Christ's mind. Amen. That's really what it's talking about. Now, wow. we know that resurrection means what? The discovery 
of spiritual truth. But listen, resurrection also means to gather our faculties. So the faculties would be taking the faculties of your left side, which again, unless they're vain imaginations, unless they're, you know, things that come to your mind, your awareness that are totally against what, you know, scripture says or what spirit has says or what, what has been written upon our heart and our mind. Yes, those things are bad. Absolutely. But there's nothing bad about our left side. As I've said many times, you know, uh, help me where Eve was concerned just means an equivalent. Mm -hmm. They have different roles. One isn't greater than the other. They just have different roles. So we take the intellect and the human reasoning and the logic and the ego and the five senses and the emotions and simply yield them to the right side. And so this is what resurrection, one of the meanings that resurrection tells us and gives us is to gather our faculties. That's exactly what we're doing, is gathering yeah. our faculties when we yield the left side to the right side. Amen. That's all we're doing. We're participating mm -hmm. in resurrection. Amen participating Amen. in resurrection. And again, let me say this. Objectively, the bell's been rent. Objectively, everything is done. Objectively, we are who we are. We're not a sinner. We're not lost. We've never been that. We've never been separate. Mm -hmm. But now we must participate with gathering our faculties and experience a resurrection. Amen. Subjectively, Amen. experience this resurrection. Yep. Verse 11 of Matthew 22. And when the king came in to see the guests... He saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. Now, as I said, we play all the parts in this particular parable of Jesus. We play the part of the king. What is the king to us? The king would be our Christ mind. Mm -hmm. See, and it says when the king came in to see the guest, he saw there a man who had not on a wedding garment. Now, you and I are the first ones to know when we haven't yielded the left side. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know it quickly. It doesn't yeah. take long, and you know. And again, yeah. what is what is this garment? Paul said, put on, which means to slip into like you slip into a garment. So your garment is your conscious awareness. That's your garment. Mm -hmm. But the point here of verse 11 is that you and I know Almost, I think we're coming to the place that we just know it instantaneously when we have not yielded a thought that has come yep. Yep. that is not according to what is written upon our heart Amen. and on our mind. We know it immediately. Yep. And then here in verse 12, if you look at verse 12 here, it then begins to talk about the fact that when you don't draw from the renewed mind or from the Christ mind, when you don't slip into this garment as you would slip into a, a piece of clothes, it get, begins to give us in verse 12 the consequences of that. And look what it says. And he saith unto him, and this is the king, or this is your Christ mind, saying now, saying to you, when you haven't drawn from the Christ mind, friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? Notice, and he was speechless. As soon as you know, as soon as the king in you knows, as yep. soon as your Christ mind knows that you have fallen for something from the left side, Amen. you yep. have nothing to say. Yep. And many times it just brings on so holy silence. Yep. Yep. Oh, wow. <gasps> mm -hmm. yep. What have I done here? Yep. I just haven't yielded. Yep. I just yep. haven't yielded those lower thoughts. Amen. 
Look at verse 13. We see some more results, some more consequences in verse 13. Then said the king to the servants, this is your Christ mind talking to, to you, bind him. See, because listen, when you do not put on the Christ mind and slip into this garment, you have no freedom. You're bound. <laughs> You're bound. Amen. In many, many ways. Yep. But it doesn't stop there. Bind him hand and foot. I mean, you're completely bound. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the scripture that says, you know, whom the sun sets free is free indeed, mm -hmm. meaning totally free Amen. in every area of their life. Amen. So bind him hand and foot. So this binds us hand and foot, or thoroughly, and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. Now, darkness speaks of ignorance in the scripture. Cast, this is not some eternal conscious torment. Right. This is in life, folks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we create a lot of consequences and problems for ourselves. Yes. We're cast into this outer darkness place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Mm -hmm. Now, I remember talking about this, and I didn't write this down in my notes or anything. What is the weeping? Well, it's sadness. Mm -hmm. You ever had any sadness in your life as a result of being foolish? Like yes. one of the yes. foolish virgins? Because yeah. you walked in your own intellect and you, you know, made your own decisions instead of experiencing the glory of God, the view and the opinion of the Father in any particular situation. So what I hear then in this weeping and gnashing of teeth, especially the teeth, what do we use teeth for? Well, to chew. Mm -hmm. You can't chew the word. You're in a place where you're in outer darkness. You're bound. You have no freedom. You're, you're, you're you know, in ignorance and so forth, at least temporary. And so you're not chewing the word. You're not chewing the truth. See, because when we yield the left side, we can't do that apart from chewing up the truth. And that's what teeth would represent to us spiritually. In other words, our Christ mind says to our awareness... That if we are content to live by the emotions of the five senses or the intellect or the reasoning or, or, you know, whatever it is that we're yielding to from the external realm, and that's a priority in our life, then we're going to have a lot of turmoil. Yeah. We're going to yeah. have a lot of stuff going on in our yeah. life. Yeah. Now look at verse 14. This is the conclusion of this parable. And we taught on this not too long ago. Men, the allegory of many are called, few are chosen. So it says, that, and it sums, this, it sums this whole parable up. It says, for many, now I've shared with you before that the word many means the largest number. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine the largest number. Mm -hmm. So it's symbolic of all mankind. Yeah. All are yeah. called. Yeah. With no exception. Every man, woman, boy, and girl on the face of this earth are called. Mm -hmm. And this is the purpose of life. This is why we're here, to yeah. experience what I've been talking about, about this joining. Yeah. Everyone is called, but few are chosen. So everyone is called and has the opportunity, yeah. no exemption, to experience this wedding. But unless we put on the garment, the yeah. wedding garment, which is the Christ mind, we will not subjectively experience it within our life. Yeah. Called is the objective reality. Chosen is the subjective experience. Wow. Yeah. Amen. Again, let me say it again. Many denotes all mankind. That's called. And listen, not only do we get the word largest number in called or in many. Many are called. But what we get in the word called is the word saints. Yes. Yeah, right. So all men are saints already. Yeah, well, right. they sure don't act 
like a man or like a snook. It doesn't matter. Remember, the ones that were called were both good and bad. It didn't matter. Take your bad self to the wedding. Take your good self to the wedding. Religiosity. All those good things that you do, try to get brownie points from the Father. Take your good self to the wedding and yield those things and slip into the Christ mark. All are saints. But now it doesn't stop right there. All came here upright. Yep. No one came as a sinner or lost. Right. No one came here separate from the Father. That's very clear. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Right. And say that again. Once you see it, you don't unsee it. Yep. Yep. But look at the last part of verse 14. But few are chosen. Well, again, Paul the Apostle in Romans chapter 2 talked about the Jewish people, and he made it clear in Galatians there's ne neither Jew nor Greek mm -hmm. as far as natural heritage, Jewish heritage. But what he said in Romans chapter 2 about the chosen, which people preach Israel is the chosen people. No, they're not. Right. That's been enlarged. Oh, they are chosen, but not any more than we are. Right. <laughs> We're all chosen. Yep. Yes. Yep. And what, he's, what he is alluding to is, in Romans chapter 2, in fact, it actually, if you go back and read that, it actually says it. He is not a Jew that is one naturally. Right. That's what it says. Right. But he is a Jew that is one spiritually, yeah. that yeah. has heart circumcision, meaning yielding your thoughts, left side, to your right side. That's heart circumcision that cuts off the fleshly way yeah. of thinking where the awareness is concerned. Yeah. Now, let me say this about this, and then we'll talk a little more about it. Few are chosen. The word Jew, the term Jew, comes from the word Judah. And Judah, when you go to Numbers chapter 2, where was Judah situated? In the encampment on the east side. And when you look north, what is on the east but the right side? And that's where the word Jew comes from. Therefore, God's chosen people are those that draw out of the right side, Amen. cast their energy to the right side, Amen. as opposed Amen. to casting their energy to the left side. Amen. So listen, you can be called and still dwell on the left side. You can be a saint, objectively, and still dwell and draw your energy from the left side, from the, from the thoughts of intellect and reasoning and logic or your five senses or your emotions. Now, God's chosen people, according to Paul the Apostle, once again, are all mankind. Yes. They are all mankind who kept, this is God's chosen people, all mankind, because many are called, they're all called objectively to camp on the right side, but few are chosen. That's not negative, that's positive, very encouraging. So the chosen are those, the true Jew are those who have heart circumcision that draw from the right yep. side yep. and get rid of the fleshly thinking in the heart Amen. awareness. Amen. Now, notice again in verses 12 and 13 in Matthew 22, the results. Number one is he was speechless. Mm -hmm. He had outer darkness or ignorance. He had weeping. He created some sad situations in his life. And he had gnashing of teeth to where he could not chew, spiritually speaking, Amen. on the word yeah. that was already within him. The Amen. kingdom of God is within us. Yeah. And the only way to experience the kingdom of God, ladies and gentlemen, is when we turn within. Amen. And the only way to turn within is to turn within in meditation. Yeah. Yes. Amen. 
Meditation, contemplation. Yeah. Yeah. Difference? Yes. Meditation is when you just put the shut to the up and you get silent. Contemplation is when you take scripture and you meditate on them and ask spirit within to reveal them to you. Now, let me give you one more scripture. If you'll go back, and I'm closing, I'm done already. Go back to Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Now, Jesus did a parable, I think it's in Matthew 13, and we may teach on this, but not tonight, where he talked about the tares and the wheat. And remember, they came to him and said, should we go out and remove the tares from the wheat? And what did he say? He said, no, let them grow together. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you may pull out the wheat as well. What was he saying? Let them grow together until harvest or until the people have learned what we're talking about. Wow. That's harvest. When we begin to experience this in our whole being, spirit and soul and body, mm -hmm. the energy flowing and everything, that's the harvest. Mm -hmm. That's the harvest. So he said, don't go pull out the tares lest you pull up the wheat along with the tares, but wait until harvest. So in other words, let's not try to deal with all of the stuff on the left side in a fighting manner, you know, as biting and loosing and fighting and oh, you know. No, just yield them. Just yield them. And this is a spontaneous reaction that happens or, or participation that happens as we yield you can't yield the left side without slipping into the Christ mind. It's a simultaneous act. Mm -hmm. You yield with that thought in mind. I'm yielding these. I don't want these thoughts. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're slipping into the garment, the wedding garment, and you're slipping into the Christ mind. Mm -hmm. And so that's what Jesus was saying when he said, don't go pull the tares out. Wait till the harvest. Wait till these people, allegorically, learn to yield the tares to the right side and allow the Christ mind to come up and deal with the tares. That's really what he was saying there. Did you know that hair, did you know that Jesus was a part of, of the Nazar, Nazarene or Nazarite people? But he, he, there were different sects. You know, Paul had his disciples and himself shave their heads. Jesus wasn't a part of the Nazarene sect as, as Paul the Apostle was. He, was. he was a part of another sect of the Nazarenes, whereas Jesus was the, a part of the same sect as Solomon was of the Nazarenes, and they let their hair grow. Mm -hmm. What is the difference? Well, Jesus and, and Solomon and those that let their hair grow were, were symbolizing that which comes out of the mind of Christ. Let it grow. You see, whereas those that shaved their head, they shaved their head because they believed that it represented, you know, not, they, they believed that it represented something that was, was not right in the thought realm, in other words. And I want to teach on that because th that's really something for us to look at. Paul and, and he had his disciples shave their heads because it was a shame, you see, and it represented to them having thoughts that came from another side. But Jesus was of the same sect of the Nazarenes as Samson was, which grew their hair because it represented to them growing those thoughts out of the Christ mind, getting to the place to where we just, see, because I believe we're coming to a place where we're not gonna ever have to slip on the Christ mind. Amen. We Amen. just live on it consistently. Yep. And Amen. let me tell you this, yep. and I know some don't like it, 
one of the ways and means of that, not in the energy of the flesh, but by the power of the Spirit, is when we turn within. Right. And, and we do some meditation. We do some reflection, some, some contemplation, and we simply turn within. Our hair is going to grow. Amen. The Christ mind is going to grow, Amen. spiritually speaking, allegorically speaking. It's going to grow, and it's going to become easier, and our hair is going to get longer and longer. This is why it says a woman must have long hair. And that's hot off the griddle right now. I just thought of that now. That's why a woman must have long hair. Why? Because the woman is the left side. Wow. <laughs> so we need to grow our hair, Amen. spiritually Amen. speaking. In other words, allow those thoughts to get greater and greater within us to where it comes to the place to where it's just automatic. Amen. Amen. <laughs> that was a good one. Now, yeah. <laughs> Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. And here we're going to see the word few again. And here it says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, or in other words, the destruction of your spiritual subjective experience. Okay? And many there be which go thereat. Many go by yep. religion, many go by yep. living by intellect, pure intellect, yep. reasoning, and so forth. Verse 14, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. Yeah. Life. And few there be that find it. Mm -hmm. So we have many here and we have few here. What did we have in verse 14 of Matthew 22? Many are called, few are chosen. See? So many here take the what? Wide gate or the left side. Mm -hmm. And few take the narrow gate or the right side. Yeah. See? Now, let me say this in closing. Even before the cross, even before the cross, many were called saints. Yep. All men were called saints. Mm -hmm. The whole world before the cross was called saints, but few will participate with the right side and actually experience subjectively being a part of the chosen. Mm -hmm. yep. The chosen. Yep. Which again is not over in the Middle East, anyone can be chosen. In other words, anyone can draw from the right side because it's in every person Yes. Mm -hmm. to draw from the, from the right side yep. from our Christ mind. Yep. So what I was saying, this, was, this parable was before the cross, folks. Mm -hmm. So what was the cross for? Mm -hmm. It was to show us because when we embraced religion, we got amnesia and we forgot it all. Now we're remembering, as Psalm 22 says, the ends of the earth are going to remember and turn to the Lord. Hallelujah. Turn within. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's talking about. So before the cross, you see, then when we came here, it wasn't from Adam that we forgot. We forgot because we embraced religion. Right. I mean, why would God allow what someone else did right. exactly. to be our portion of consequences? Right. So, you know... I'm not trying to prove anything, but I can prove over and over and over. We were never sinners. We were never lost. Yes. Only lost here because yes. we thought we were sinners. Yes. It was in our mind. Yes. Yes. So before the cross, we came here upright, as Ecclesiastes 7.29 says. We came here one, never separate. Yep. But religion then caused us to forget it. So Jesus took this death as a result of religion. Religion did it, killed him, and it exposed, it revealed the love of the Father. Didn't he say, I came to reveal the Father? He came here to reveal the Father. Mm -hmm. 
He didn't come here to make us saints. We always, always were, already were. But he came to expose the lie. And he came to reveal the truth so that we can gather our faculties so that we can yield the left side to the right side. And we can experience it. Listen, we can experience it in every cell, every atom, every organ, every part of our physical body. Every seven years you get a new set of cells. Yes. What they tell us many times in medical science is, yes, but the new cells you get every seven years are more decrepit. Every seven years they're more decrepit. That's what they say. I say no. Epigenetics is saying if you can change your environment, if you can change your environment, you can cut off that which medical science has said you inherit, like heart disease, diabetic, uh, diabetes, cancer, whatever it is. You can cut that off through epigenetics, which means something higher, and it means changing your environment for, from a low-level environment to a higher environment through your right side, left side, by your right side, by your right side, the left side yielding, and you slipping into the garden, the wedding garden. So what is slipping into the wedding garden? It's just simply participating with, with that which has always been ours yeah. from before the foundation. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. So I hope that helped Amen. tonight. Hope those on Facebook Live enjoyed it and helped yes. you as well. So Father, we just thank you, yes. thank you that you place everything within us. We yes. lack absolutely nothing. Yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for quickening, yes. conceiving and quickening these yes. truths in the virgin consciousness of the left side yes. so that we can not only just walk in the objective reality of it and know that it's truth, but we can subjectively walk in it, taste it, see it, Experience it in our whole being, in our whole being, in our physical anatomy, just as we experience it in our heart awareness. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. Amen. 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 Amen.